Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we are broadcasting from the top of the Haven Building in Louisville, Kentucky. This is WFMP-LP Louisville, 106.5 FM on your radio dial. And you can find out a little bit more about uh, our station if you go to forwardradio.org. Folks, again, this is On the Edge with K.A. Owens, and I've got Carla Wallace here with us today. Say hello to the people, Carla. Hello, everybody. Glad to be here. So Carla does so many things in our community that are positive. Uh, but I believe now, are you wearing your uh, Louisville showing up for racial justice hat today or are you wearing your stakeholders hat or both? <laughs> I'm part of the uh, Stakeholders Jail Coalition. A Louisville showing up for racial justice is a partner in that coalition. But today I'm wearing my Louisville showing up for racial justice hat. <laughs> okay, great. Thanks so, for asking. So, uh, so uh, Carla, uh, so, uh, you know, there are some good things and bad things going on in our community around a variety of subjects. So what would you like to share with uh, our people uh, today? Yeah, thank you for that, um, for that question. You know, I think uh, one of the things that's heaviest on my heart, and I know the heart of, of all people who care about equity and justice, is the ongoing deaths in the Louisville jail. Um, we now have 12 people who have died, and... It is just a heartbreaking thing. Every one of those people is a family to someone, has family, has someone that cares about them. And we have an outrageous system where people are entrusted to the custody of our city, and our city is not taking care of people. So, folks, we're broadcasting uh, from Louisville, Kentucky. You know, in Louisville, we have the Louisville Metro Department of Corrections that runs uh, the jail or jails. Uh, we do have several facilities. I believe we're just using one at the present time because of staffing issues, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. And so the the jail, uh, th- I think it's meant to hold, what, a thousand, thousand twos at the corner of uh, 6th and uh, Liberty in Louisville, Kentucky, right across from the Hall of Justice. Uh and so uh, it's strange we talk about uh, what's going on, uh, uh, you know, the powers that be, they seem to think that the solution to all the problems going on in the jail are, is to build a new jail. Exactly, K.A., and, and herein lies the problem. We actually do not have an overcrowding problem. We have an over-incarceration problem. Almost 100% of the people who are the growth that has happened in uh, the numbers of people in our jail is because we have something called cash bail, which means people who cannot pay, people who are poor, disproportionately people of color, are held in the jail because they can't pay a cash bail to get out. And wealthy people, someone with a credit card, pays. Maybe they are charged with the same crime and they get out. And so the numbers have skyrocketed of people who are held in our jail. And that is an over-incarceration problem. And the crime around this really lies with city leaders who have not addressed the reasons that people end up in the jail in the first place. Issues like affordable housing, enough affordable housing for people. 
issues like funding for mental health programs and addiction programs, youth programs, jobs, if we addressed the root causes of why somebody ends up charged with a crime in the first place, we would not have too many people in the jail, which is true. We have too many people in the jail, but that's because we're over-arresting and holding people in jail who cannot pay a cash bail to get out. Overwhelmingly, that's who's in there. And all over the country, almost 100% of the jail growth in America is because of what's called pre-trial detention. In other words, people being held. We're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, but people who have not been found guilty are being held in the jail just because they can't pay a cash bail. So Louisville Surge has been in partnership with the Bail Project for several years to uh, challenge the issue of cash bail. And now we've talked to thousands and thousands of people in South End, in the South End of Louisville in particular. Our work focus is on largely white communities, and we've been talking to white working class folks who also have had people held in the jail and they couldn't get them out, and we're growing the community support for reform. Um, that has moved the issue of cash bail to the top of the agenda. It was the top issue that ju judicial candidates have been asked about in this election. So I want you to finish your thought. I just want to correct myself. I think I said a thousand, according to this Courier Journal article, uh, uh, the jail's design capacity is 1,353 beds. Exactly. Something like that. And, and it's overcrowded right now. It's 1600, over 1,500. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So they stuff people in there. Uh, so finish, finish your thought. Uh, well, I want to appreciate uh, your comment about that the, uh, city, the city leaders seem to think a new jail is the solution. They are talking about a new jail, which, if you add in all the costs, we could be looking at a half a billion dollars. That will be the biggest housing, in air quotes, project in Louisville history. Imagine what we could do with that money if it was actually invested in affordable housing mental health programs, youth programs, job programs, support for small businesses, all the things that could stabilize, help stabilize those communities that, uh, that are the most impacted when it comes to ending up in jail. That would be tremendous. But what they're talking about instead, while people are dying in the jail, is a new jail that won't even come online for five years. We are very concerned that they are actually going to um, stop trying to make things better in this jail because their main argument for a new jail is that this jail is so terrible. And so the more people that die in jail, the more their arguments for a new jail they believe are justified. Instead, we need to be talking about keeping out of people out of the jail. I've been in that jail, locked up in that jail, four or five times. And yes, it's overcrowded. And yes, the conditions are bad in there. They, if we have less people in that jail, they can make that jail sufficient for what it's needed. We can't keep packing people in there, and the answer is not a bigger cage. Care does not happen in cages. You cannot get well in a cell, and we want care, not cages. So, yes, uh, uh, 
that I remember when that jail was first opened, uh, and uh, it was advertised as state of the art at that time. They had a grand opening ceremony. It was had catered food. Uh, the correction officers' choir sang, and then they had tours of the new jail. Of course, there's no people in it. It was spick and span, brand new. And I remember they had command posts with screens and, uh, you know, TV screens on every floor. It looked like Star Trek in there. So it was state-of-the-art at the time, so I don't, I don't understand how it went from state-of-the-art to, you know, totally unsatisfactory in a relatively short period of, of time. Uh, you know, there, there are other jail facilities not in use because of, uh, you know, staffing shortages. And also in the uh, – there are actually jail cells in the uh, – police headquarters at 7th and Jefferson. There's actually a tunnel between uh, the, the police headquarters at 7th and Jefferson and uh, the Hall of Justice. So uh, uh, so not that, you know, more beds is the answer. I mean, uh, uh, some of the problems we have that, you know, you have homeless people being arrested and also you have people who are mentally ill or and homeless mentally ill people. And so... Uh, and folks need to be getting the help that they need uh, to be functional in the world. I mean, uh, I think that this, this sort of disdain for the homeless people uh, and disdain for mentally ill people, uh, I think it's sort of short-sighted that it's a place that we could all be. That is, uh, I mean, I think the average person in America uh, only has $400 worth of savings or something of that sort. Uh, most people in America actually don't have a, a safety net. Uh, uh, so we have, you know, homeless kids in Jefferson County School. We have a large, when we say homeless, they don't have an official place of residence. They're sort of staying with other people, you know, uh, moving from place to place and trying to go to school at the same time. And it's a place that we could all be. I mean, a lot of us have a certain amount of social support. Either we're able to, uh, you know, go to church, you know, two or three times a week and sing and pray to try to keep ourselves together or, uh, you know, go to the gym and work out and, and uh, you know, and try to uh, exercise our, 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 our stress and strain away or, uh, or we can... Uh, we're able to afford psychologists and, and uh, psych, uh, psychiatrists and a part of that culture where we can, uh, you know, get on what I call the happy pills. And, uh, and that enables us to function in the world, to go to, to go to work and go to school and be productive because we're on the happy pills. Right. Mm. Uh, so, uh, 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 and, and, you know, some people are able to stay on the medication, quote unquote, and some people, are, you know, go on and off their medication, and then sometimes they have problems functioning. And even when you try to help help people, uh, they their mental illness, or in fact, they're unmedicated. They can't uh, actually listen to what you're saying, or maybe have problems following through, and uh, uh, folks become difficult to work with. It doesn't make them evil or bad. <clears throat> yeah, I think what you're raising here is so critical, Ka, because. It, it, it is about the conversation about the jail has to be about these root causes that you're naming, like homelessness or houselessness. And we have a uh, Louisville Surge has been doing court watch for the last three years. That means we have volunteers in arraignment court, in regular court, watching the judges and how they handle things. 
and the number of people that get held in jail who are um, uh, struggling with substance abuse, with mental illness, or when the judge says, do you have a place to go? And they don't, they get held in the jail instead. That is outrageous. We are using the jail to manage poverty and racism. And that is, uh, it's, it's just unconscionable. Um, I think it's really important what you brought up about this history of when this particular jail was called state of the art. Um, I think it would be great for somebody to research that further, pull up some of that, that coverage, because this is exactly what they do every time. They say what we have is no good, and it justifies these huge real estate contracts. Every big politician, if they're going to stay big, they need big real estate, big development deals to be able to say, here's what I did, to be able to give contracts to the people who are going to build it and the people who are going to design it and the people who are going to design the, the computers for it and all those things. And I think... I, my concern is that whoever becomes the next mayor will be looking for their big development project and that a new jail might be what they land on. Instead of looking at converting hotels, for instance, we could convert some of the hotels that are barely being used in Louisville into uh, housing for people who don't have a roof over their heads. We could be looking at developing affordable housing that's real affordable housing for people who are very poor. A half a billion dollars, $400 million, whatever it is that they're talking about with this new jail, needs to be invested in the things you're talking about, in addressing homelessness, in address, addressing struggle with drugs and mental illness. We cannot continue to use the jail to manage poverty and racism, the unaddressed issues in this community. Exactly. Uh, and Josh, Josh Poe, who's an independent scholar and and I can't remember his uh, his nonprofit that he runs off uh, off the top of my head, but he talks about how Louisville doesn't have a manufacturing economy, doesn't have a service economy, it has a developer economy. And if you look at Louisville, uh, going back to the Yum Center and all these hotels, and they're all public-private partnerships because private capital doesn't want to use all of its own money. So p- what public-private means is the, t- the taxpayers have to have to cough it up for whether it's a new soccer stadium or whatever it is or a new hotel like the Omni. It's always uh, the, the taxpayers have to have to chip in to, you know, because private business claims, you know, they don't want to do it with just their own money. Yeah, exactly. And K.A., I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. You know, um, uh, throughout the country, it's $14 billion annually that people are paying, that's folks' tax money, to hold people pre-trial. Again, undermining the idea of innocent until proven guilty. If we seriously address the issue of cash bail, we would have a lot less people in our jail because folks who get issued a cash bail are presumed to be releasable. But the poor people can't pay to get out. And the rich ones can, and that is inherently uh, unfair, immoral, 
and incredibly expensive. So before we go spending 400 million to half a billion dollar on a new jail, we need to look at how do we lessen the numbers of people who are going in. And that includes addressing the issue of the police who are arresting people for things like loitering and uh, uh, petty theft and things that have no violent consequence but are oriented towards a so-called good business climate in Louisville. And I'm sorry, but the police are not supposed to be set up just to cater to the business community. Um, We used to have the living room. That was a place police could bring somebody who is struggling with mental illness or, or detoxing instead of putting people in the jail. But the Metro Council and the mayor defunded the living room project. And so there are many, many alternatives. We've just endorsed 13 reform candidates for judge candidates who have uh, pledged that when they are judges, they will use alternatives to cash bail. For instance, like surety bonds, where somebody pledges they'll come back. A friend of them says, I'll be responsible for this person. They can let them out on their own recognizance. We're talking nonviolent, low-level crimes. If we were really using those alternatives, we would not have an overcrowding problem, and we would not need to be talking about a new jail. So, um, I mean, so many people could be productive if they had uh, uh, su- supports. It's just interesting that uh, the school shooter down in Florida. I mean, of course, the parents. Uh, his name, I don't. His name escapes me, but uh, I don't want to say the wrong one because uh, uh, there've been so many school shooters. But he just got life instead of the the death penalty, and and even the jury. Uh, I was kind of surprised, but the the jury kind of looked at the kid's life and what he had been through and uh, they decided not to give him the, the death penalty mm-hmm. and in spite of the fact of, of the terrible things that uh, he did on that one day mm-hmm. and uh, so it's just interesting what can we do I mean the country itself is traumatized that is uh, I mean we're the richest country in the world and the most broken country in the world all at the same time Uh and so how how can we you know uh how can we fix uh you know fix ourselves Because uh, none of us are perfect i mean uh i whenever I go to saint stephen's uh, uh, uh reverend Cosby's up in the pulpit he says uh, uh all of us are guilty, just some of us uh, haven't been caught uh <laughs> that's what he says and uh uh, uh and he's oh so right. Uh, uh, all of us are guilty. So this idea of uh, uh, you know uh, you know all these bad people uh, that need to be locked up. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, the first governor Bashir. One of the things he talked about is uh, how many people have been locked up from uh, the increase in people being locked up from the seventies to when he got elected. And he said we don't have that many more bad people now than we had then. That's right. Uh, that's what the first governor Bashir, Steve Bashir, said. And so it's it's the rules that as we have written them to lock people up and um and Kentucky for a poor state of four and a half million people, it certainly wastes a lot of money uh locking people up. Absolutely, K. Imagine what we could do with those funds. We could not only provide jobs, housing, 
support programs, but we could open up the arts. There's so much. The parks could really get the attention that they need. We have to start thinking about what kind of community do we want to be? Where where do we want to put our resources? You know, if a Martian came down from outer space and looked at this country and saw the great extremes of wealth and poverty and then said, huh, and what do they do with those poor people? Oh, they lock them up. Oh, and especially the black people and the immigrant people. Huh, and the rich people seem to have so much more than they need and yet there's enough resources. Dr. Blaine Hudson used to say this. He used to say, there are enough resources in this wealthy country to take care of everyone's housing, food, jobs, health care, and yet we don't have the political will. And that political will is expressed by those in power. We know that the anecdote for, for those of us who stand on the side of expanding justice is to organize. We have to be out there knocking doors. We have to be talking to people beyond ourselves. Otherwise, we're not going to change this community. That's what LSURGE and when we work in partnership with groups like the Kentucky Alliance and like the Bail Project and like Vocal Kentucky or Mi Gente and La Casita, um, what we do is we commit to organizing in the white communities because the reality in this country is, I'm not saying it's all white people, but overwhelmingly white people as a demographic, especially wealthier white people, are the block to real change in this country. And so we've taken on that challenge. We have to move the white people to join black, brown, and indigenous people for the vision of change that will benefit all of us, you know, because it's the vision that will save this planet. That matters to all of us. It's the vision that means we can move towards housing and jobs and health care instead of incarceration. Um, that's a vision that can actually free us all. And we have to work to, uh, to push the leaders in this country and whoever the next mayor is going to be to understand that we can't continue with the depth of inequity that we see in this community if we're going to all thrive. So, folks, we're here with uh, Carla Wallace, uh, and she's wearing her L-Surge hat today. Yes. Louisville sh showing up for, for racial justice. Uh, glad you mentioned uh, Dr. Blaine Hudson, the late Dr. Blaine Hudson, first black uh, dean of arts and sciences at the University of Louisville. Remarkable in the fact that he was actually expelled from that uh, same school uh, while uh, fighting for black studies programs all those years ago. And then when he got hired, he was hired as staff and wasn't even supposed to be tenure track or chair of a department or uh, the many uh, outstanding things that he did. Uh, uh, so Blaine Hudson, he did a report for the Urban League uh, some years ago, and he talked about uh, urban youth being the most some of the most isolated uh, people in the country. Uh, and he also talked about, and then, then Ricky Jones' uh, famous line, he says, uh, he said, the brother standing on the corner don't, doesn't know that that it takes four years to get a bachelor's degree. You, you know, er, you think everybody knows that. <laughs> you know, uh, so, uh, you know, it's, uh, so, uh, but ac actually everybody doesn't. Uh, so, uh, so here we are. Uh, and so the Stakeholders Coalition uh, uh, is a group of, uh, a group of groups. Uh, it's not a nonprofit in itself, but it's, it's, it's meeting regularly and it's doing really outstanding work, uh, uh, 
bringing the issue to the forefront and uh, and fighting for policy changes for uh, the uh, uh, this uh, you know uh, in this particular area of work dealing with the prison industrial complex. Uh, uh, yeah, it's really exciting. It's a coalition that is uh, led by the ACLU of Kentucky. They've done a tremendous job bringing together a broad range of. Uh, stakeholders that includes uh, Louisville Surge and um, family advocates uh, group, um, BLM Louisville, Vocal Kentucky, Kentucky Alliance, a lot of groups that are focusing in on how we stop people dying in the jail. And our priority is to make sure people don't end up there and that we get people out of there because being in jail is a horrible place to be. And the best way we can save people's lives is to keep them out of that place. Um, in closing, I just want to really appreciate UKA for just the longstanding commit to this work um, that I've seen from you over the decades. Um, you know, there's some people who come in, in and out of the work. I believe it's actually a lifelong commit. And uh, I've seen you make that commitment, and I just appreciate you having me on today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you, because uh, I remember when I first started, uh, of course, uh, Ann Braden was still alive, and we had a group of uh, you know elders to guide us, some of which are, are still around, uh, like Ralph Cunningham's still ar around, Dolores Delahanty, people like, like that. Uh, 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 so uh, and then so many wonderful people have passed on, and uh, it's strange. I look at my paper list of phone numbers and uh, old Unity Dinner journals, and I see so many people have passed on. Uh, but you know, we've got new folks coming in around various issues: uh, climate change, Trayvon Martin, uh, uh, you know, Breonna Taylor. So we get new groups of young people coming into uh, the movement, and mm -hmm. so I think that is inspiring in itself and uh, particularly when they take the lead on on things and uh, you have don't have to rely on the same old people to do everything which mm -hmm. is very exhausting it you sure know? is i mean it's it, these are challenging times and the more we can open the doors uh to um to bring in new leadership the better off we're going to be. We need a broader base. We need more people power if we're going to need the change that's called for. Right. So, I, you know, I don't mind uh, organizing an occasional event or writing an occasional statement, but I just can't write all of them. And, uh, no, and uh, so we need people to come in and say, hey. And then we need to sit back and say, well, you know, that statement you wrote, it looks pretty good. I like it. That's right. That's right. Well, thanks so much for having me. So, so Carla, we're still at 26 minutes. So are you saying you have to leave right now? Well, thank you so much, Carla, for being here with us. Uh, 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 Carla Wallace, y'all, thank you so much. Thank and, you so much. And, and um, appreciations to everyone who's listening. And so, folks, uh, uh, we're at uh, 27 minutes. So what I'm going to do... I'm going to fill, uh, 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 this is K.A. Owens. You're listening to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. We're broadcasting from the top of the Hayburn Building in Louisville, Kentucky. This is Forward Radio. You can find out a little bit more about our show if you go to forwardradio.org. And, uh, 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 
And, of course, uh, Forward Radio has been on the air for more than several years now. We do the best we can to provide a variety of programming. Uh, 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 and a lot of it is from people in Louisville uh, who do the show. So we come into the studio and we don't have any paid staff, you know, so we just uh, do it all ourselves. We record the shows. We edit the shows as best we can. Uh, and probably on the in, entire uh, station, I'm probably the worst editor. Uh, but still, you know, I try to put something together that uh, that people can in, enjoy. So uh, it's each one, teach one process. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so that's what we do. We try to help each other, try to bring uh, some high-quality programming to the people of Louisville. And of course, with... Uh, 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 you know, live streaming and the internet, uh, 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 folks can hear it all over, all over the uh, city, all over the state, uh, all over the country, all over the world. And of course, we're uh, putting our shows up on SoundCloud as well now, so you can listen to them in the middle of the night if you go to forwardradio.org. And so, uh, again, this is uh, On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and our show today was with Carla Wallace, a legendary activist. And folks, we'll be back next week.